0: Uh, We need to cover a topic and a phrase that many of you have spoken to me. It pops up in all areas of life and it shows up a whole bunch of times in the Christian church. The phrase, I can't forgive myself. Now, when you throw a stone and it hits someone and they are willing to leave it alone, but you just have to go and and pick it up, and the self-loathing and the regret and the the bitterness, when we retell the same story of our stupidity from the past, and we just can't let the past be the past, that's what I need to talk to you about today. Because the truth is, you, you might not know this about our church, but many people here, and actually many people who email us who watch On TV from Time of Grace. Many of you, in fact, think that I don't know much about God. Here's what happens Uh, you text me or email me really late at night, uh, Pastor, can we talk? And I've done this a thousand times, so I know exactly that something happened and it's really bad. So we find a time to meet. I, I meet you at the back door. I, I try to start the interaction with a smile, but you're not smiling. Uh, in fact, you can barely look me in the eye. And we sit down in my office and I say, w- what's going on? Whew. And you tell me about this. Uh, Pastor, I, I sinned. i Messed up, like bad, bad, messed up. I, I cheated. I drank. I relapsed. I used. I clicked. I did the thing. I swore that I wouldn't do. I, and it's a mess, but Pastor. I don't even know what to do. And that's when I say the thing that I always say. I say thank you. Thank you for telling me about this. It's so easy to to hide. Thank you for talking. And there's so many things we need to figure out because of this, but there's one thing I need to tell you right up front. I want to tell you right up front because it's the most important thing I'm going to tell you today, so listen closely. God forgives you. And I grab my Bible and I open up to. One of a thousand pages, and I find one of my favorite passages, and I read it to you, and I say, Isn't that amazing that even now, even for this, God forgives you? And do you know what most of you do? You react like, I don't know that much about God. Either you dismiss the passage I just quoted as if it's unimportant, you push back, but there's so many consequences, Pastor or you flat out call me a theological liar, but, but that can't be true. I, I will never be able to forgive myself. It happens a ton in the church, especially with people who thought that coming to church would put all the worst choices in their past when we just hold on and we we can't let go it's not that we don't take it seriously it's just that we we can't believe that god would be with us and that he would like us and that he would be for us that's when these words come out of our mouth i i can't forgive myself now that reaction and feeling can happen to any one of us and it can really happen with any sin but there are three specific situations where you might be most tempted to think that so I want you to grab a pen and write these down in your program. It is so hard to forgive yourself when, when first of all, you are close. When you sin against someone in the comment section that you don't even know, you move on with your day pretty fast. When some bozo you know is being a bozo in traffic and you react in some way that's sinful, you probably don't toss and turn at night feeling so guilty. But when you're close, when it's your mom or your dad your significant other or your kid when it's your roommate or the person you see at church every sunday when you're close enough to see the damage that your sin does the hurt in their eyes how it changes the whole dynamic in the room or in a marriage or a family or whatever it's it can be so hard to forgive yourself when you realize that this isn't some stranger, this is a person who has loved me and served me and sacrificed for me. And then I I told my dad I hated him. And she could have been with anyone, but she chose me. And then that's the way that I treated her. When you're close, you get to see the damage up close. When you see that person wince when they walk by you in your home, it, it is so hard to move on and rejoice in the fact that God says you're forgiven. Second, it can be really hard to forgive yourself when you are compassionate. The word compassion, by its very definition, means someone that suffers with another person. And some of you have really big, compassionate hearts. But the dark part of having a big heart is that it is really hard to move on when you cause the hurt. When someone is in pain, and you are the cause of it. When you're trying to nurse them back to emotional health, knowing that you're the one that caused the wound, it is—it's so hard to let that sin go. This happens a ton when people are in rehab. Um, when you get to that step where you're making amends and you're thinking deeply about the consequences of your actions. And you start to realize like, how many nights did my dad and my mom stay up thinking about my addiction? How many prayers did they pray with anguish in their heart, wondering if I'd make it through the year? How many hours did they spend making phone calls, paying for counseling and and rehab, because of what I chose to do? And if you have a compassionate heart and you realize the hurt that sin causes, it is pretty hard to move on. But I think the third one is actually the worst of all. Not just when you are close or when you are compassionate, but when you know that there are consequences. When you can say you are sorry and they can say, I forgive you, but there are still consequences that you have to live with. You know, when, when you hook up with a, a guy that you barely know, they hadn't committed to you in love, and, and now you're raising this kid, and you know it's, it's hard for that kid because mom and dad aren't in love in the same home. That's hard. When you see yourself struggling to date again, or, or your kids are going from, from home to home, bedroom to bedroom, toothbrush to toothbrush, because you know the relationship didn't work, and, and part of it, honestly, was your fault. And you see the kid that you adore more than anything in the world. And it just hurts your heart that you cost it. When you fight in a war, and in the craziness of combat, you, you do things that you can't take back. And you step at night and you you talk to the men and women who fought, but you still realize that what you did, even if you had to, it, it had consequences. Sometimes we hook up and there is an abortion. Sometimes we encourage someone to get an abortion. Sometimes we we flirt with someone we shouldn't. We sleep with someone we shouldn't. We talk to someone and kiss someone that we shouldn't and the damage is so profound. It is not a small stone and when we see it day after day after day, how how could we just move on? How could we forgive ourselves when someone is hurting that badly? And so for all three of these and so many other reasons, it's no joke. I I, I get why it's so hard to believe what the pastor says is so simple. You are forgiven, period. Our conscience wants to put a question mark on that sentence. Really? But that's why I'm glad that you're here today. Today God is going to confront that feeling that we just can't forgive ourselves. And I want to make you two promises one last time. I'm going to promise you that by the end, what God has to say is amazing. Best thing you're going to hear all week. And I want to warn you that before I get there, it will be amazingly offensive. So, are you okay if I preach the sermon on that paper? All right, you didn't get up to leave. All right, grab your pen, because today I need to teach you two offensive truths about not forgiving yourself. Here is the first one. The first defensive truth is that not forgiving yourself is pure arrogance. When you hold on to the stone from your past, you might feel like you are being very humble. You might think that you are taking sin as seriously as God does. You might feel you're being compassionate to the people that you have hurt, but when you hold on to this stone, you are actually being the most arrogant maybe you have ever been in your life. Here's why if you can't forgive yourself for what happened, let's say a year ago, you know, if the divorce, the addiction, the words that you spoke, the choice that you made five years ago, you just can't get past it. God couldn't love me. After I did that, here's my simple question: What did you think you were like before you did that? I mean, if it's such a stumbling block that God can't get past it what did what did you honestly think of your own behavior before that sin? Some of you grew up in churches like I did where we confessed Sunday after Sunday after sunday I, I have sinned, I don't deserve you god but Did you believe that? Or did you only become undeserving after that one big thing? Here's the offensive thing I need to say to you today. If you are not going to forgive yourself for that thing, then at least be biblical about it. Then at least not forgive yourself for all of it. If you don't want to forgive yourself for an abortion, then don't forgive yourself for the attitude you had towards your dad when you were 15, because God hated that too. And if your relapse into heroin or drug use is just a thing that you can't let go and believe that God likes you, then don't believe he likes you after speeding on the interstate, because that was sin too. So don't make up some new theological category. Either you're unforgivable because of sin, or you're forgiven. Because God forgives sins, but there's nothing in between. In other words, what you should do is what King David did. Do you know the story of King David's major sin in the Bible? I'll show you a picture of it. Uh, I took this picture in Jerusalem a few years ago, up where King David's palace used to be. And you can see that in the ancient world, his palace was on the high ground. And about 3,000 years ago, one day, King David got up and he, he looked down and he saw a woman bathing. He looked again. Then he lusted. Then he leveraged his royal power and then he made love to her. He cheated on his wife and he led her into cheating on her husband. Except that that wasn't bad enough, then she got pregnant. And David tried to cover it up, but he couldn't. And so, one of the most shocking sins of the Old Testament turned into uh, an episode of BC TMZ. Um, do you know what David did? He had the woman's husband murdered. And he tried to cover it all up. But God wouldn't let it happen. God, who knew about all of it, dragged that stone into the light. He confronted David. David confessed. I, I messed up, I sinned, and God did the most offensive thing. He just forgave him like that. Yes, there were consequences, but God just forgave him. And afterwards, David actually wrote a song called Psalm 51 to detail the experience. He said, Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love. Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother died. Conceive me. Imagine if you confessed these stones, not to some pastor in an office, but at a coffee table with God the Father and Jesus the Son. Let's imagine you confess all of it. God, I, I, I can't believe I did that. I can't believe I said that. There, I hurt so many people and I wish I could take it back. I'm, I'm such an idiot. You don't even know God. And, and what does God say? Oh, I, actually, I do. Yeah, I know. I, I know all, I know it better than you do, but here's the thing. I forgive you. But you don't understand God. I mean, the look on her face. I have hurt her. So- whoa, 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 God says. I actually do know the look on her face. I, I see it more than you do. And that's serious to me, but I need you to hear this. I forgive you. And you say, but God, I, I just never forgive myself. And that is when the father looks at the son like, what do we do with this one? <laughs> so, Right, they, they tag team it. So father taps in the son, Jesus comes in, he puts out his hands, he says, hey, um, do you know what these scars are? Yeah, Jesus, that is when you died. Um, yeah, you are right, and do you remember why I died? Well, you died for sins, yeah. Do you remember what I said to the Father when I was on the cross? I said, Father, uh, Father, forgive them, you said. Exactly, why? Because they don't know what they're doing. Exactly. And do you remember what I said next? It is finished. And you grab Jesus by the scarred hands and you say, but is it Do you see? We, we think we're being so humble when we hold on to sin, but it's, it's crazy. It, it's telling God he's an, a novice at his job of forgiveness, that the judge of all the universe couldn't possibly judge this correctly. <laughs> so it might be offensive to say, and I know some of you have stones in your hands. Don't throw them at me because you need to know the truth. You're not being humble. The devil duped you with pride when you committed the sin. Don't let him beat you twice by holding on to it. Which brings us to offensive truth number two. This is my favorite one. I think you will like it a little bit better. Here is the last thing I need to tell you today that forgiveness is God's fact and not your feeling. What I love so, so much about church, about the Bible, about Jesus, is that forgiveness is just a fact and it is not waiting for you to feel it. I grew up in the church and I grew up in one of those churches where no one had any emotions. You ever been to a church like that before? (laughs) Like this this is the face we made for everything. Rejoice in the Lord always. I am. Yeah, that's what we do. And you know, there's some bad parts about being in a church like that. Like you, it's easy to go through the motions and just come to church and, and check the box. But let me tell you the really good thing about going to a church like that is that I learned it doesn't matter how I feel. I, I don't have to wait till I really feel like God loves me. I, in fact, I, a college professor used to mock that all the time. But I really feel. He would say, "Who, who cares how you feel? Here's what God says." Um, My wife and I watch The Office a lot at night. Any Office fans here? And uh, um, I was thinking of this as like Dwight Schrute. You know, Dwight Schrute from The Office. What would Dwight Schrute say to your heart? False. (laughs) And he'd open his Bible and what would he say? Fact. (laughs) You are forgiven. God's patience isn't waiting for your permission. His compassion for you doesn't need your consent. And his salvation of you doesn't need your stamp of approval. It just is. So tell your feelings to put that in its pipe and smoke it, because that's the truth. You are forgiven, you're loved, and your feelings might have to catch up later after I say amen, but it is simple truth. And I'll prove it to you with three passages. Here's the first one 1 John chapter 1 says, The blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. You don't need to be a pastor to understand that, right? You don't have to speak Greek. All sin. You you tell me the sin, I don't know what it is, but I know what the word all means. It means it doesn't matter the size of the stone, how many times you threw it. All sin means all sin. And so you are purified. In Jesus, you are washed. You are clean. You are holy. You are righteous. I'm looking at this camera back here, I'm thinking about all the guys in jail who have written me that you watch, you you stay up late, and this word applies to you. There might be crazy consequences you face because of your choices, but because of Jesus. There is absolute cleansing. And it is true for all of you, too. All sin, purified, no exceptions. In our church, we have a big cross. There is no asterisk after it. And then Paul jumps on the forgiveness bandwagon. Romans chapter 8, he says this, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. How much condemnation? None. (laughs) If you are in Christ, if you trust in Jesus, there might be consequences, but there is no condemnation. In fact, in the Greek language, if Paul wants to emphasize something, he says it first. Do you know what the first word of this verse is in Greek? No. (laughs) Like, no condemnation. Not a bit of it. You're not even close to being condemned. If you think that God is far from you, that's how you feel. But here's the fact. There is no condemnation for those who cling to the cross of Jesus Christ. (laughs) And then my favorite from the Old Testament, the prophet Jeremiah said this. I remember my affliction and my wandering The bitterness and the gall, right? he he can't forgive and forget. I well remember them, and my soul is downcast within me. Yet, this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning, and great is your faithfulness. These days, I'm this close to having a preteen daughter. But six years ago, Brooklyn was just a little kid with a bob haircut in the car seat of the van. And I've told some of you this story when she and I had this really in-depth discussion about forgiveness. Here's what happened. I said, Brookie, do you think your daddy is a good guy or a bad guy? And she immediately said, bad guy. Well, guess who's not going to McDonald's today? (laughs) Well, well, why do you think Daddy's the bad guy? Because because Daddy does sins. It's terrible grammar, but okay, I'll I'll, I'll give you that point. You're right. So I gave her the spiritual test. I, I said, Brooklyn, you're saying God doesn't love Daddy? No. God loves you, Daddy. God forgives you. But Brooklyn, what if Daddy's done bad stuff, like really, 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 really bad stuff? He would still forgive you, Dad. And she smiled and looked out the window. So grown-ups, don't don't complicate this. It, it, it's so simple a kid can get it. If God loves the world, he loves you. If the blood of Jesus purifies us from all sin, it includes yours. If there is great love and compassion, then it is true for you today, too. When you came into church today, many of you got a stone. Would you grab it in your left hand for a second? More than one of you said, Pastor, is this for us to throw just in case we do not like your sermon? (laughs) The fact that many of you said that is concerning to me. (laughs) I want you to grab that stone. I want you to grab a pen. And I want you on your stone to make a cross. And I want you to take this home. And I want this to remind you of what's true. There are some things that we do in life that are just hard to forget. And they're hard to let go. And they're so big we stumble over them and think we can't be forgiven. But let this stone be a reminder that you are. Maybe you can't forget, but you can forgive yourself. Because Jesus did it first. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you for not respecting our feelings. If something wasn't true until we felt it, so many of us would be condemned, but we're not. Right now, there is no condemnation for all of us who look to Jesus and call him our Savior, and we are so grateful for that. Holy Spirit, I I ask that you would help the hearts of everyone here today. Let those hearts catch up to what is actually true, that we are loved, (laughs) that because of your great love we are not consumed, that instead today we have your compassion and, in fact, we have the greatest thing in the world, your face, which is looking towards us not in anger but it's shining upon us in acceptance. Help us to be the community of faith that you call us to be. Heavenly Father, I ask that we could encourage each other. Accountability is great, but gospel accountability is better. Help us preach the gospel to each other to remind one another not just of your standards of behavior but of the cross of your Son, Jesus. Thank you over the past few weeks, Father, for teaching us about forgiveness. It's been hard but it's been good for our soul. And I pray that we would work our hardest to reconcile and remedy the brokenness of the past. And at the end of every day, to know what's true and what can't be changed. That you're with us, you're for us, and your spirit is within us. We pray these things with confidence as your loved, forgiven, purified children. Because we pray today in Jesus' name. Amen. Do you find Jesus really interesting but kind of confusing? Maybe today you sense that God is working on your hearts and giving you a new excitement about the things of the Christian faith, but you're not quite sure what to do next. If so, you're exactly the kind of person that I wrote this brand new book for called The Basics. Uh, It's not AP Bible and it's not going to answer every question you have about Christianity, but it's going to get you back to the basics of why Jesus is worth following today and for the rest of your life. If you're interested, just go to timeofgrace.org to download your free copy. Do you know what these stones remind me of? Sin. Sin. When someone sins against you, when the person that vowed to love and respect you did just the opposite, that kind of sin feels like a stone. And the most tempting thing in the world is to think about that sin, to pick it up, and to give people exactly what they deserve. You hurt me, now it's my right to hurt you. (laughs) But we know that's not what God wants. But the struggle is that it feels so impossible to let this go. It feels impossible to forgive. But you can. Because of God. The God who can empower your forgiveness because he overwhelms you with the forgiveness that he has given to you. And that's why I want you to get two special resources that I pray will encourage you. The Freedom and Forgiveness book and journal invite you to take actionable steps towards healing through the gift of forgiveness. These resources were created with guided questions, learning prompts, and biblical truth to help you walk intentionally with Jesus through the process of forgiveness. The Freedom in Forgiveness book and journal are our way of thanking you for your financial support. Request this set of the book and journal when you give by calling 800-661-3311, visit timeofgrace.org, or write us at P.O. Box 301, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Time of Grace doesn't end here. Visit timeofgrace.org and explore encouraging resources, or sign up for a daily email and have everything delivered right to your inbox, like our Grace Moments devotions, Grace Talks devotional videos, blog, and podcasts. Follow us on social media, where you'll find a supportive Christian community. If you need prayer, give us a call and let us know what's on your heart. Thank you so much for your support. See you next week on Time of Grace.